Today I want to talk about, I'll start the series called Christmas Encounters. And uh, we're going to we're gonna try to see how many encounters we can go into today. But you're gonna, we're going to learn about the different encounters uh, during the Christmas season. And why is that important? The reason it's important is because every single one of us will have different encounters from heaven to change the course of our lives. Not only the course of our lives, because it's always the intention from God that when an encounter should happen, it will change the course of the people around you, in fact, humanity. Even in answering your prayers, God would never just answer your prayers for you. And you and I will learn over the next few weeks is that while there will be different encounters, some are very, very obvious and some are so subtle that you never think it's an encounter, that each and every one of them is meant, listen to this, to fulfill the purpose of God himself. Now, a lot of prayers has been taught, a lot of teaching has been taught about prayers, about prayers focusing on ourselves. Yes, God wants to bless you, but I'm going to tell you this. You'll find your prayer life, in fact, your spiritual life, much more successful if you realize that everything that would happen to you, including your desire and your prayer being answered, happens because God himself wants to fulfill his own purpose in this hour and this time through you. So it's never about us. For those of us who walk with God, who, 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 who walk in faith, learning how to grow in faith, the focus is never about me and my family, us four and no more. The focus is never about a self-centered perspective. Focus is always on God's perspective. Many of us Christians have lived our life, unfortunately, based on the needs of our own self. Yes, God does want to bless you. Yes, God has great plan and purpose for you. If you're sitting here this morning, you're wondering what is the purpose of life. You're kind of thinking about your life at the end of the year. You're wondering what is the purpose of your life. I want you to know that God has an amazing destiny, an amazing purpose for you. But that purpose and destiny is never about you or I. It's always about fulfilling His plan, His purpose for this time. Now, we're going to look at the few stories in the Bible uh, that during around the time when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. And there are few people that had amazing encounters. All of them were amazing, but some of them were so subtle, those people who had an encounter didn't know it was God. But in fact, they worked contrary and against the revelation and the encounter they had. And I pray this morning that none of us will live that way because God wants you to see that your purpose is being fulfilled in this lifetime. Now, one of the things to observe is this. When I was younger, I always thought that in order for me to have a special encounter with God, I need to be super, super, super spiritual. You heard stories, right? People fast for 50 days, 100 days or whatever, then they see God. 
or that you need to go to some kind of desert. You need to do, you know, torture yourself. You need, to, you need to cause yourself to be in pain so that you are worthy and earn your way somehow to have an encounter with God or some kind of manifestation in your life. But as I get older and start to read the Bible, I realize that there are many people who have amazing encounter while they are in the middle of sinning. Now, I'm not encouraging sinning, okay? Don't go out and say, okay, I'm going to go sin right now so that I can have an encounter with God. I never said that. This is not what I said. Are we here this morning? Okay, so don't, don't go, go spread bad rumors about this church, okay? But you remember Paul, Paul the Apostle. When he was on his way to, to murder and persecute Christians, he had an encounter with God. I want to tell you this. An encounter with God, having an encounter, is not based on what you and I have done or our qualification. You can't earn it. You can't do things to manipulate God to do whatever you want Him to do for you. He is God. We are created ones. He will give grace to whom He will give grace. He will give mercy to whom He will give mercy. Lest any one of us should boast. You know, when I was younger, I, I would listen to all these amazing teachers and preachers and 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 and. Uh, and amazing articulating pastors and 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 they always i always just so admire about about their lives and 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 i want to have i want to be able to see god like they see god i wanted to have an encounter with god like they encounter with god and so they many of them were just i'm sure they they had meant well but they would tell us about all this incredible you know, sacrifices they have made and all the incredible difficulties they've gone through to earn the right, as it were, to have an encounter with God. To the point that I think to myself, I'll never be able to live up to that. How can I ever see God? But when I look at the Bible, it talks about a different story. And in fact, the most recent revival in this city as eternal renewal, one of the things I was most impressed about what God had gone, had done over there is because the leader of that movement, at least initially, he, they would always say, we really don't know what just happened. That should be our testimonies. It's not, I did this, I done that, I fast, I do this, blah, blah, blah. Then you give Glory to yourself. But when your answer to the world about the amazing encounter we have with God is that I don't know what happened. I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm living under His grace. Then you give all the glory and praise to God. Not to our efforts. Not to our own righteousness. Are you here this morning? But one of the things that you would notice is this is that for the people who had such great desire for an encounter with God, they will recognize that encounter. And if they have that humility and brokenness to receive it and not be close-minded, that encounter would literally change their lives and therefore change humanity. 
God has called every single one of us, saints of God, is to have that desire yearning in our heart to have an encounter with God, not so that we can have some kind of sensational experience. We charismatic love for sensational experience, but it's going to be beyond that and more than that. To have a face-to-face experience with God is to change the world that you and I have been assigned to. So this morning, I asked the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts and our ears because while I'm talking, I could be talking away. You may be having an encounter this morning with God. Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning that whatever is going to be said, I ask that you will guard my mouth and guide it that it becomes instruments to express what's in your heart. And I pray for anointing in all of our ears to hear your words, anointing in our hearts, that it may be tender to receive the seed word of God, which never returns void, but always bring forth fruits which is what it's been intended. We know you never speak a word from heaven just for the sake of making sound. But every word proceeded from your mouth, every word that you have written in your book called the Bible has always been intended to bring forth great harvest. So we want to be the candidate this morning to become the ground to see great harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I talk about the encounters about around Jesus' birth, I'll be starting with John the Baptist because he was born six months, if you know the history, before Jesus was born. And so we want to look at the encounter that his parents had. So this is the first encounter we're going to look at um, in this season. So I'm going to talk about it for the next couple of weeks, you know. Okay, we're going to start with verse 5 in Luke chapter 1. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, and by the way, I don't know if you know, Herod was not even Jewish. Let's talk about that a few weeks from now, okay? Um, There was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. You got to underline that. They were both righteous before God walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child. Wait a minute. I thought if I'm spiritually enough, I'll get my prayer answer. I want you to pay attention to this, okay? Because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. In other words, if anything was going to happen naturally and biologically naturally, it wasn't going to happen. Because now they are far in advance in their years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by law to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. That's the role of a high priest. In other words, this fellow is a very recognized religious figure. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And here we go. Verse 11. 
And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear came upon him. And an angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer had been heard. So in other words, he and his wife had been praying to have a child. And no child was coming. Even though they were super, super spiritual. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm encouraging you not to be spiritual. Because if that's what you hear, I ask the Holy Spirit to just anoint your ears. That's, what I, that's not what I'm saying. I am talking about the grace of God at work here. Sometimes it's really not what you could do. You do what you can do. You love God not because you want Him to answer your prayer. You love God because you love God. Are you here this morning? And that's why people sometimes they walk away from church, walk away from the presence of God because their prayer is not being answered. If you truly love God, in spite of all the opposition and persecution and seemingly prayer and answer, seemingly is the operative word, you will still be committed in your faith to say, God, I love you. I trust your goodness. I trust your mercy. I trust you. That you have the best plan, the best decision for me and my house. So they've been praying and no prayer was forthcoming. No answer was forthcoming until they're advanced in years. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at your birth. So now... When it is absolutely impossible for them to naturally to see themselves get any children, God showed up. Why? Because he wanted to play some games? Did he just want to sit up there and say, oh, I want to see how patient he is. Oh, goody. We don't serve a sick God. Are you here this morning? The, The reason God had answered the prayer at this very moment is to fulfill the very thing that he had in his timetable, to fulfill his purpose that he had in his own timetable. Everybody say, God's own timetable. Come on, say it again. God's own timetable. If you ever want to believe that God is going to answer your prayer in your timetable, you'll be very disappointed. God will answer your prayer in his timetable, but you need to trust him. But some of us are saying, God, you know, if you don't show up, I'm getting old. The other day I was just bemoaning, you know, as a pastor, we, we, we you know, pastor, let me tell you, just be honest, a pastor, we'd love to see the church grow, you know, lots of people, and then we can, you know, so many people that we had multiple services. Can I have, be honest with you, right? That's... And none of us are interested, nor do you care. And that's not your issue, not your problem. It's just, it's, it's me, right? So, you know, and I say, God, if you ever want this church to have multiple services, you better do it soon because I'm getting old. Now I have the energy. But when I'm 85, can you imagine that preaching three services? Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know. But the Holy Spirit reminded me, not your timing. My timing, not your will, my will. And so here God 
had heard their prayer. It's not like God didn't hear their prayer. They prayed. And God heard their prayer and God waited until His time, His moment that He wants to fulfill His purpose for humanity. Then their prayer got answered. Some of you sitting this morning, you are just waiting for your prayer to be answered and you waited and you waited and you waited, but you gave up hope. I'm here as a messenger of God this morning to let you know that God had heard your prayer. And in His timing, He's going to bring forth the answer of your prayer in miracles, signs, and wonders. It's not going to be in your timing. It's going to be in His timing. And you've been asking God, Lord, I, I'm just, I see all our, all our people get their prayer answered. Can you imagine Elizabeth? I could just imagine Elizabeth and Zechariah, man of God, sitting in the house of God and seeing so many people that come and go and have the prayer being answered, and yet there they were, still barren. I could just hear the mockery of the devil's voice in their ears and through people. Ah, you serve God, look at you. You're serving God, look at you. You trusted in Him. See what happened, nothing. And yet they persisted. They endured. And because they endured, and they trusted God in spite of. You know, for them, Zechariah, just, 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 just there on your read that, you know, Zechariah, you know, he, he, he had been praying and persisting in prayer, and they've been believing in God to the point that he'd given up hope. He was arguing with God. Hey, I'm too old already for this business. Many of you have been waited and waited and that you have given up hope. But that's okay. In God's grace, God wasn't mad at him. How could you not being persistent and patient enough to wait until the miracle? Why did you give up so early? You know how the devil talks to us, right? You've given up too early. You're not worthy of God's miracle. You've given up too early. But I'm going to tell you this, even if you have given up already, He still loves you, and He's still going to answer your prayer. Can I hear an amen? Come on. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 14 is so interesting. I talk about it all the time. And you will have joy. Everybody say joy. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at His birth. That will be the birth of His Son. John the Baptist. How many of you know that the blessing of God adds no sorrow? I'm going to say it again. The blessing of God adds no sorrow. If you are enjoying some kind of blessing and you have, there's a lot of sorrow, then it may not be the blessing of God. Some people come to me, you know, Pastor Paul, I just found a new bow. It's the Lord's. And yet, the new bow just, or maybe girlfriend. Bow means boyfriend, right? I think that's the slang. New boyfriend, new girlfriend. And yet, there is such a grief in your soul. A lot of things they see is not lining up. They're not serving God. They're pulling you away from His presence. And then they have a contrary agenda. And, and, and yet you say it's a blessing of God. But that adds so much sorrow. But friends, the Word of God says the blessing of God adds no sorrow. 
And in fact, the blessing of God will give you great joy and everybody else around you will have great joy. Can I hear an amen? amen. Come on. The blessing of God is not just for you. Oh, I'm happy and the rest of you are sad. Ha ha, too bad for you. That's not the blessing of God. The blessing of God adds great joy to you and gladness, and the blessing of God adds great joy and gladness to everybody around you. Well, what about those people jealous of me? Well, don't worry about them. Joy will come to them eventually. Hallelujah. But so God wants to bless you and answer your prayer so that you can be so joyful and have so much gladness. Okay? Now, they're talking about John the Baptist now, verse 15. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. It's prophesying about John the Baptist. And you'll go before him in the spirit of, and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So what the angel of the Lord did in this encounter for Zechariah is to prophesy about the son. Not only tell him about he was going to have a son, but how this son is going to be a prophet himself. It's going to open the way for the Lord, and it's going to be an amazing future for this son. Now, verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, not possible. I'm an old man. My wife is really old. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Angel in Greek is, means messengers. When the Bible talks about angels, it means messengers of God. I'm standing here today as a messenger of God to remind some of you that hope is not gone. Hope is not lost. Whatever, you, whatever it is you're believing in for your son, for your daughter, for your children, for yourself, for whatever, hope is not lost because God wants to answer your prayer. He does. Don't give up hope. He will answer even if you do, but when you give up hope, it's so difficult to live. When there is no hope, it's very difficult. I tell you, hopelessness is one of the worst feelings in the world. And God doesn't want you to live in hopelessness yet. Yes, He will fulfill His purpose and promise, whether you believe or not, whether you've given up hope or not. He will fulfill that, but He wants you to live in that hope this morning that He will, He will, He will, He will fulfill your promises. Some of you are sitting there and go, I, I, I just, I'm losing hope. I just don't have enough faith. I can't believe anymore. And I pray, my prayer this morning is that you will have the encounter this morning. The Spirit of God will be speaking to you and say, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. Don't give up hope. Um, Zechariah, if you, if you know, he was a man that is advanced in his years. Not only was he advanced in his years, everything in his life was actually set. 
There was no, for most people around that age, they, they don't really plan to do anything else except just to continue on until they see Jesus. There is nothing in them who say that I, I'm, I'm just, there is going to be a pivot in my life that is going to change the world. Most people at that age already given up. And I believe this is for some of you who think that you're too old to see any changes in your life. Some of you were thinking to yourself, man, I'm advanced in years, I'm retired already, there's really nothing but just to wait to see Jesus or just to play with the grandkids or whatever, which is great. But I believe the Holy Spirit had impressed upon my heart this week to tell you this is this, and I almost forgot. In, regardless of how advanced you are in your years that you think you are, God can use you and change your life and change the course of your life so drastically and dramatically that it would absolutely transform the world around you. You, whether you are 65, 85, 95, if you can still walk, you can still talk, you can still think, there is still a miracle that can happen in and through your life. Don't give up. I know a lot of us, just, I shouldn't even say us, I'm not that old. A lot of us who are older, you know, not old, but older, we have decided that this is my lot in life. Like he had, Zechariah. This is my lot in life. It ain't going to happen. If it ain't going to happen, it ain't gonna, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Right? So, so nothing's going to happen. Because if it hasn't happened yet, it ain't going to happen. That's the thinking in our lives. But it doesn't matter how old you are. You could be 85, 95, you're talking to my mom. You see my mom sitting over there, shaka, you know. Doesn't matter how old you are. Your years are not done as far as God is concerned. Your years are not done as far as God is concerned. There is still a purpose in your life. Listen, if God thinks that what you, what you have accomplished, what you are today is the end of it, he would have taken you home. The only reason why you are still alive is because there's still a purpose for you. Then people agree. I think it's true for the rest of us. The reason you're alive is because there's a purpose for you. Because when, if, you, if there's no more purpose for you, then we want to say, we have, you, 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 will, you will go back to the Father. But the fact that you're still alive is because it's a very distinct Purpose and plan that God has for you. So don't just say, okay, it's done. I'm done. I'm retired. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. You know, I was watching George H.W. Bush funeral. And uh, I don't know how many of you watched it. I mean, I watch on and off because I have to do different things. Multitasking, you know. And um, one of the things that impressed me about this man was that even though they say even though he was old already, he was still going. He never stopped ever. He kept going. And he was parachuting from a plane at the age of 90. And you know, they have chosen, I believe it was uh, 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 the landing site, the landing place where he's going to parachute down was in front of the church, I believe, that he, he got married in or met his wife at. 
And so Barbara Bush joked about it and said the reason he, he chose that spot was because just in case he didn't land right, then he can go straight to heaven, just bury there, right? I mean, the guy had so much life in him, even when he was 90 years old. I mean, some of us can't even jump off, I don't know, or go to roller coaster when we are 45, you know? It's like the guy was able to jump off the plane. That's huge. That's amazing. So I want to encourage you, if you're not dead yet, which means God has still a purpose for you, open your eyes and open your ears because there are people around you that need you. There are people around you that God has designed and purpose that you would influence them. So if you're still alive, there's incredible purpose and hope for you. All right, let's move on. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. In other words, she's concerned. What do you want? <laughs> And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. No worries, for you have found favor with God. You're going to get pregnant out of wedlock. <laughs> Think of this. That's what the angel told her. Hey, listen, I know your culture is very strict. In those days, you know, they, if a woman is found pregnant, they, they, they actually would throw her, they, they, they would actually drown the, the pregnant woman in a cage. Just, just study the Jewish culture a little bit, or the Middle Eastern culture at the time. It's just pretty brutal. And she had an encounter with God. Say, hey, <laughs> got a good news for you. There might be some trouble ahead, but you are favored, you know. <laughs> and so the angel proceeded and tell um, Mary about what, what she will conceive and in verse 31 you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus he will be great and you will call the son of the most high and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be have no end and let's stop here first just now we saw a person with the first encounter is that this encounter was somewhat uh a shocking, it was shocking, and it was an answer to prayer of something that this person had prayed for for a long time and almost had given up hope. And now, when the purpose of God and the time of God is fulfilled, the answer came forth. That was good news. This encounter, the second one, is nothing Mary had asked for. She didn't sign up for this. She just like, make, you know, word of God said that she was already betrothed. She's, she's engaged. She got just beautiful diamond ring, you know. Life is set. Everything is fine. And he was just going to live life well. Married to this carpenter and businessman, you know. Life is set. She will be provided for and and so life was good. And all of a sudden, 
God showed up, disrupted her plan, changed the course of her life, and changed the course of humanity. Now, this is very crucial because many of us would have resisted what we have not asked for, what is beyond what we think is our ability to handle. When what is being presented to us in the encounter is so vast, so beyond us, that it would change the course of humanity. And this morning, I want to speak to some of you that you may be having an encounter that you never asked for. God is going to show up in your life. And that he wants to pick you personally. And that he wants you to change the course of humanity. But all you want to do is just to live a normal life. Get married, have kids, and have a house, have a mortgage, and then grow old. See your children grow up. And then they have children, you have grandchildren. And then you die happily. Just life is good. You want that. Bless your heart. But some of us have been called to change the world. What is going to be conceiving through you is going to be so big, so big, but that you have to say yes. Some of you sitting here this morning, you know you have been called of God. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to obey the Lord and say it. And you've been running away from it. You have been marked from the day that you were born since you were young. You know, right? You don't know what it is, but you know. You were attracted to the presence of God. You were attracted to the things of God. And you, everybody else around you, your children, your, your, your buddies, all your friends, they were attracted to something else. Even the friends in church, they were interested in something else. But something inside so deep. Because you call. Something that God had wanted to conceive through you to change the world. You didn't ask for it. You didn't sign up for it. But it's right in there. And you've been running away from it. See, Mary, she was called blessed because she obeyed. She said, yes, Lord. I didn't sign up for this. You know, a lot of times we thought, oh, Mary's so blessed. She's the mother of Jesus. You know, in, in the Catholic theology, they, they say that Mary was immaculated. It's not in the Bible. So, you know, I'm a very simple guy. I just read the Bible and believe what the Bible says. Anything extra, I go, I don't know. So the theology of immaculation is, 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 uh, is pretty interesting, you know, is how God, you know, they have this theology that Jesus could not have possibly born from a sinful woman. Somehow Mary needs to be immaculated to be sinless so that, you know, Jesus could be born. That's man's theology. And they call, you know, Mary the mother God. And listen, Mary wasn't there when Jesus was in the Garden of Eden creating Adam and Eve. Was she? How could she be mother of God? I mean, that's huge. Mother of God. Are you serious? Was not recorded in the Old Testament ever. 
If there was a mother, we would have known about it in the Old Testament. There was no mother. It's just a way men trying to understand this faith thing that is so irrational out of the mindset of, you know, it's just outside our, our, our little pea brain, you know? And so we try to rationalize and create a theory for it. I was having a conversation with my daughter yesterday. I said, some things that, you know, in the old days, some of the theologians or the church leaders, they didn't have a lot of facts. So they, 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 they speculate or they surmise a lot of theology. And so if you continue to hold on to those theology, you'll be really confused. What I will not give up is the Bible. But what I'm willing to negotiate on the table is theology of men. In other words, the interpretation of men. Amen to that. <laughs> but anyways, I personally do not believe that Mary has any special place. Now, if you don't believe what I said, you, you just recall a few times when Mary had an encounter in John. Mary was, uh, came to Jesus and asked Jesus to perform a miracle of some kind. And Jesus said, woman, what have I to do with you? For my hour has not come. You don't talk to your mother like that. That's not a good example of honoring your parents. Can you imagine you go home tonight, this afternoon, you know, your mom call, woman, <laughs> what have I got to do with you? My hour has not come because if Jesus did it, therefore I could do it. Well, the point Jesus is trying to make is that these are not, she is, she is a servant that's being used like every servant, a vessel being used like every vessel to fulfill the purpose and the plan of God. And she fulfilled it and that was done with. She had no special place, no any other than Moses or all the amazing men and women of God in the past. Second proof to you is that one time when Jesus, you know, uh, was teaching and somebody said, your, your, your mother and your brother and sisters out there waiting for you. As if Jesus had to give him, them a special attention because the mother is waiting outside. And Jesus again proved to them that she has no special place. She said, who is my mother? Who is my brothers? These are the ones who listen and obey the will of God and the word of God. They are my brothers. They are my mother. Are you here this morning? So if I want to, you know, if I want to speculate something, I want to speculate from the Word of God, not some, the, you know, anyways. So this is just a giveaway. I'm not trying to offend you. If you're Catholic, you know, God bless you, you know, whatever, whatever. But I want to believe in the Word and the Word only. Anything that outside all the conjectures and all the speculation or whatever, I'll just leave it to the experts. I'm a simple guy. I just believe in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the best way to live is to believe in the Word of God. Don't conjecture. Don't speculate. Just live in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Anyways, 34. I'm almost done. I need to baptize people this morning. And, and by the way, if you're getting baptized, you should go get ready right now. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And here, God is just proving to Mary the miracles that in your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived with a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now, verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. 
Verse 38. Now, this is our response, okay? This should be your response and my response. When we have an encounter with God, even when it is disagreeing with our plan and our purposes and all the ideals that we have, we need to be willing to say, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Some of you, God has spoken over your lives about his purpose, his plan, or whatever. You receive his promise. Somebody prophesied over you, confirmed many times. And you haven't seen any changes. You, 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 just, you don't really have the faith to believe it anymore. I want to encourage you to pray the same prayer this morning. Because the word of God will never return void. What he said is going to happen, it's going to happen. And that's why, you know, uh, you know Pastor Joe was in his, his church. They always, it started with John Osteen, right? This is my Bible. It is, you know, I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'll be what it says I'll be. Something like that, I don't know. I just can't remember. But what they're saying really essentially is that whatever the Word of God said about me is true. I'm going to obey it. Well, but my circumstances tell me it's not true. It's okay. I'm going to obey it. You know, all our encounters have purpose, not just for ourselves, but for the purpose of God to be fulfilled. And worship team, can you come, come, come forward? So this morning, when I was speaking, I believe the Holy Spirit may have spoken to some of you. There are things that you've been contending with, issues that you've been struggling with. I will tell you this, the prayer, the answer to your prayer may be a lot closer than you think. If you, be, if you just be a bit open-minded, if you just be a bit open-minded to God and His calling and His Word in your life. While I'm speaking, I know that some of you may have heard from the Lord in the past, but you have resisted Him. Today is the day that you don't resist Him anymore. Whatever that He said to you, whatever call that He had made upon your life, I want to encourage you. To say, God, I want to believe you. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I, I just don't understand. But I pray this morning that you will be the ones that say, I am your servant. Let the word of God be accomplished in and through my life. With every head bowed, every, every eyes closed. I know that I'm speaking to a few individuals, maybe one or two individuals, maybe all of us. And I pray that we, whoever is under the sound of my voice, I pray that the Holy Spirit will have started to quicken your spirit, your heart. And that you will not give up hope. You will believe in what he said you will be. And that you will still be available to fulfill his plan and purposes in your life that God has designed, no matter how old. But I also want to take a few minutes to talk to the people that are not yet believers.
I'll ask you a very important question. If you were to pass on from this life to the next, if your heart is to stop beating in the next few minutes, are you at peace with God? Do you know where you would spend eternity if you would die in a moment or two from now? If not, I would love to pray with you. We're not here to condemn anyone. We're here to help you to find a new beginning. I know this new beginning comes from a personal relationship with God. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In just a few moments, if you're not at peace with the Lord, or maybe you are a Christian, but your heart has gone cold. You, you've been going to church all your life, but your heart has gone cold towards God. You know you need to rededicate and recommit your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and, and indicate to me where you, wherever you are and, and by showing of hand that you, and we're going to pray together that God will minister to you. Show with your with, with your hands and that you want to receive Jesus in your heart. I can't think of a better time to, to get on the road of victory, to, to have a new life in God than right now. Listen, God is not mad at you because all your sins have been dealt with on the cross through Jesus Christ. His suffering, His shed blood, all your sins has already been forgiven. All you have to do is to accept, accept this free gift of Christ's salvation. Would you do it today? Just keep the door closed, please. Just keep the door closed. Now the enemy of our soul would probably speak to you in your thoughts saying, I'll do it later. Today is too busy. Baptism, whatever. You see, we're taking our time because we know the Word of God said today is the day of your salvation. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You're not hearing what I have to say or what I have said already by accident. But Pastor Paul is embarrassing to lift my hands up and, and just to show my hands to all those people in front of me. Listen to what Jesus has to say. If you're not ashamed of me before, the, before men, I will not be ashamed of you before the Father. In other translations, if, you're not, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. This is important because acknowledging you means that he will intercede for you as he is doing that with all the believers in this church. I'm going to give you the opportunity, whether you're first time here, second, third, ten times, and to, to give you the opportunity to give your heart to the Lord this morning. To show your recommitment today if you're Christians. To have a fresh start. When you walk out of here, you have a fresh start. So if that's you, I want you to be bold to take the next step. Just show by your hand. When I count to three, just lift up your hands. And say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus. Oh, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. We're going to pray together. Would you do that? 
So I'm going to count to three. If that's you, just all over this place. I can I see you. Jim, I see one hand, two hands. Anybody else? One, two, three. Come on, who else? Four hands, five hands. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You, you want to give your heart to Jesus, recommit your life. Six hands. I see you. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. For those of you who raise your hand, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. Where you at? Come on. Stand. Nobody's looking around. Just That's good. That's good. Come on, we'll there. Let's praise the Lord together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to, just, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing for me. I'm sorry that they, I, I'm not, I don't try to embarrass you, but I just want to spend some time with you. Would you come forward here? And I'm going to ask the counselors and also the cell leaders to, to come with them. Just come forward and just, just guide them. Come forward and, and we're just going to do a quick prayer. Then we're going to finish this part and then we're going to go baptize people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. Anybody on the balcony? Anybody on the balcony? Hallelujah. I want you to say a simple prayer with me. And after the simple prayer, then you will be born again. You will notice your life is going to be changed and transformed in a moment. 